Dry January is officially over, but you can keep that sucker going into the rest of the year by picking up one of Athletic Brewing's award-winning brews. Use Athletic Gift 20, one word, to get 20% off your next athletic order. They had a great write-up in the Wall Street Journal. It's the best brewery around, and uh, I just we just drink it like water. It's so good. We have Brandon Jew, chef owner of Mr. Jew's in San Francisco, as our guest today. Also, every episode of Chrissy and Dave Dine Out is available to stream now on Hulu. You can catch myself, Chrissy Teigen, Joe Kim Booster, hosting dinners at some of the best restaurants in L.A., including Las Casita Mexicana, Providence, and Pizzeria Bianco. So much fun making that show. Also, Dinner Time Live with David Chang airs tomorrow on Netflix, Tuesday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Rear Podcast Network, presented by Major Dome Media. I'm here with Toyota and the NFL at Super Bowl 58, recording from the inside of the all-new 2024 Tacoma with Chef Brandon Jew. This is going to be the first of three podcasts that we recorded literally right next to Allegiant Stadium, days before the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58, and uh, I'm going to predict the winner. The score will be, what did I say the score was going to be? I think it's 34-31 Chiefs because nobody really wants San Francisco to win anything. <laughs> I'm sitting next to this awesome car. We had a lot of fun in it. And uh, let's get on to the conversation with Brandon Jew. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry iced tea. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs, scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. All right, we are here, guys. They're laughing at me. If you're not watching this on uh, Spotify or YouTube or however you watch our podcast, they're laughing at me because I finally found a hat that fits my <laughs> fat head. It's a it's a novelty for everybody else, but just a normal hat that fits you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't discriminate. I got a big head too, man. I'm I'm, I'm with you. Um, my brain is so powerful. <laughs> You look like a super villain. <laughs> what is that guy? Mega mind. You look like Mega Mind. <laughs> uh, um, we were supposed to record this inside the Tacoma behind us. I'm just saying, like we 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 were supposed to do it, but um, my 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 head doesn't fit in <laughs> with this hat. But I gotta say, I took a nap in there. Yeah. During Super Bowl festivities, during Lunar New Year tailgate festivities this is going to be the so we're we're at the super bowl experience in las vegas full disclosure the super bowl the official toyota automotive toyota the official automotive partner of the national football league and super bowl 58 and we are the super bowl has not yet happened 
Or is, has it? It, is, it has happened for you listening to this, but it has not happened for us. And all I can tell you is this. Someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. <laughs> someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. We are recording. This is the first of three episodes we are doing here at the Super Bowl experience. We've got a special guest with us who's uh, wearing a horrible jersey. <laughs> <laughs> are you an anti-Niners guy? Of course. Just str- strong anti-Niners? Everything about the Bay Area. Oh my god. Post 1975. I'm against 75. What yeah. happened in 75? He's a flower child. He's a he's a child of all, summer all, of love. Yeah. Yeah. But after that, after hippies. Yeah, after the hippies. <laughs> you're, you're not down with it. I'm out. Three hippies in I'm out. Chill. Yeah. But Brandon Jew from you're a fourth third fourth generation third third, third generation that's San Francisco. That's, that still doesn't give him a right to root for the 49. <laughs> Wait, so, okay, okay. But what, what year does that actually put it? When did your family come to San Francisco? My, f- like, my, my mom and dad? No, like, you as a... Uh, my grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. Your grandparents. So, like, what, what year were they in San Francisco? 50s? So, they're part of the cool, they're part of the cool group of San Francisco. 1950s. Then. They, do they do any extracurricular activities? <laughs> God, did your grandmother like, and grandfather no? what does that smoke like, weed? Like hiking? <laughs> um... <laughs> Did you know that my great grandfather moved to uh, San Francisco? He got off the boat in wow, you know, like nineteen, like eighteen. What? Yeah. So, wow. I, I I should be a forty nine er but I know better. <laughs> we have so many rings. What's what's there to be uh, not rootful? Because it's of- lame. It's a West Coast offense, and come on, it's not a West Coast offense. It is the, the original West Coast offense. The originators. You're like a LA Rams fan. What I'm are you talking not, about? Oh, you? No, I am not an LA Rams you fan. You better not be. I'm not an LA well, Who are you rooting fan? for? Denver Broncos like Chris Chen? <laughs> Who's been to Denver once? <laughs> Just rocks the Denver. No, I'm a, I'm a Niners boy. Are you willing to go, Brandon? So this is, okay. Everybody who's listening to this knows who won. The Super Bowl has happened. The 49ers won. And what was the score? Guaranteed. What was the score? I think it's going to be low scoring. What do you mean you think? You know what, it's gonna, what it is. I'm going to go 24-17. 24-17. I think I said 34-31. Patrick Mahomes, the real American. <laughs> Kermit. <laughs> what are you saying Jesus for? <laughs> uh, but we are here because you were doing a tailgate challenge. I was. You were, we put you head-to-head. In Not a, just any tailgate challenge. I'm sorry. The Toyota official automotive partner. Oh, the Toyota tailgate challenge. The Toyota tailgate challenge. Where we focused on fried chicken for the Lunar New Year. The Toyota Lunar New Year tailgate challenge here at the Super Bowl experience. Super Bowl 58. We put you head to head. Yes. With a... With, with a friend L- of mine. With a friend of yours Yay. from your from San Francisco days. Yes. From San Francisco days. Yes. Nico De Leon of La Cita in Los Angeles. How long where, where, did you guys ever cook together? We didn't cook together. Uh we just had a lot of mutual friends. So he cooked for uh Jason at Commonwealth, which you know was next door to Mission Chinese. So those kitchens were very close. Very fluid. Yeah. Did well, you ever cook with this guy? No. Did we, you ever hear a story? We cooked a couple of nights at Mission Street Food, probably. Did you ever hear le- yeah. the, the legendary it. stories of Chris Ying throwing down in the kitchen? <laughs> Did you ever hear stories where Chris Ying would walk hear. into the kitchen an hour late and <laughs> tell everybody to stand in the corner while he cooks Whoa. all the dishes? Yep. Whoa. 
That what happened to me. It was I was I was uh, during my brief stint as the chef of the French Laundry. <laughs> I told everybody just get out of the way. I got these I salmon cornets. I got this. It's all me here. Don't worry about this. No, we cooked a little bit in that crazy tiny Chinese kitchen. That was oh yeah. So I yeah, mean, Dave, you Dave was saying on a Danny's uh, Danny's Danny's kitchen and some Dave, house parties. That was basically yeah. And some, yeah, some house parties. But Dave, you were saying on a recent podcast or somewhere, God, I, mean, I have no idea. Like you were living as a young person, living and working in New York at the best time to live in New York. I'd argue. What, 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 put, put a, put dates on that era. Uh, 19, I would say talking to my friends that were earlier, like a lot, uh, I would say 1995 to 2010. Best time in history. I mean, it's a fun time to be. In, about good it. time to be in New York. Uh, there was we have air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to talk about the nineteen tens. We, mo- we have modern medicine. Yeah, modern medicine, <laughs> electricity, running water. But it was the last time New York was undiscovered without cell phones and smartphones and the beginnings of the internet. And you had to actually search out to find cool things and. Yeah meet new people mm. and everything was a discovery uh, and uh, another door you had to figure out the combination to get into sometimes literally mm. you know um and it was a lot of fun and i don't think it's not new york will always be fun i don't want to sound like a like a boomer about it but you know i'm sure there are other periods i think i would have loved to have been in the 70s but also no but it was also so was it also because i mean it's always hard to do anything in new york new york's a tough place but was that period of time was it like friendly to doing new things no new york is not ever friendly ever because i think i think the era of like mid 2000s in san francisco mid to late early like 2005 2010 was a good time to try to do stuff in San Francisco because the Those tech glory bubble year, had glory years, yeah. burst yeah. and it was suddenly actually slightly affordable to do stuff. When was the best five-year period? You're a lifelong San Franciscan. What was the, what's like the best period? Hmm. <clears throat> I'm thinking like 2003 to maybe 2009. That's five years. So the Bush years. <laughs> Were they Bush years? <laughs> it doesn't matter in San Francisco. There's no Bush years in San Francisco. That was, I agree. 2003, 2009 was a fun time to be in San Francisco for the same reasons. As, but you know what? What's the San Francisco dining scene was like then? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. What was it like, Dave? I remember what you said. Pretty, pretty <laughs> much the same thing everywhere. There, yeah. A lot of Spetzel on the menu. Spetzel. Yeah, there was a there was a Spetzel period. I remember it was every menu in San Francisco had the same thing. I never served Spetzel. Very hard to find restaurants that are trying to be ambitious and doing new different things. That's but it, true. But it was like the it, it is true. But also like I was thinking that there was just not a lot of opportunity too because everyone was only doing Cal Med. That's what I'm saying because you, know, you cooked like, in a lot of Italian Mediterranean kitchens, and for a while that was every single restaurant that opened in in the Bay, right? Yeah, and still is. All over America. Yeah. It's still everywhere in America. I mean, yeah. can we just surrender to Italy? <laughs> they won. I mean, they, they kind of won. I don't know. But like, oh, globally, 
Yeah, they won it globally too. <laughs> yeah, I guess they won globally too. I mean, I don't know. Do you do you think it's different now? Do you think that there are fewer of that Calamed restaurant and more different mm. stuff in San Francisco? In terms, yeah. I mean, I think it's starting to happen again. I mean, it, it's been a rough couple of years with as far as creativity in San Francisco. Um, so I I feel like this next year to me, I'm starting to see some new concepts that are yeah just more risk-taking oakland better than sf no <laughs> i've worked in oakland and they just they don't have a second turn to their restaurant scene so you're doing one turn and you're never really feeling like you're in a big city well if that's your metric then new york is way better because <laughs> <laughs> you guys only do two turns <laughs> that's true it is. i mean new york city is like Four, sometimes five. That's turns. insane. Good God, good God. Yeah, for, for real. Yeah. So I never understood when cooks were like, "Oh, it's so hard." I was like, "Shut the f up!" Like, you, we're doing like two hundred fifty, three hundred covers a night, and with like half the staff. New York, tough. New York's tough. It is tough. New York, but San Francisco. I'm, I've always been jealous of San Francisco because I like the weather. Yeah, I don't love the people so much. <laughs> The, 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 the weather. Who are these great. people? I like the weather in San Francisco because it's I like think being tech air. people. It's I'm like getting the sense they're tech people. Oh, the culinary community didn't treat me too warmly either. <laughs> uh, we were talking. We were talking before though. This like I, I don't know. Maybe this is not appropriate to talk about entirely. But like we were talking. Brandon and I have known each other for a long time since like Mission Street Food and then yeah. Mission Chinese Food, and uh, that's where Nico. We also met him, and that's in that same yeah. same area, same uh, time period. And we were saying, Chang, this is funny. Mission Chinese food is still going in San Francisco, but it is now like, you know, it was like Danny was there. And it was like a bunch of white kids in the kitchen with us cooking things. And it was like super, super, super popular and has now come full circle. Like Danny walked into this kitchen, Danny and Anthony walked into this kitchen where it was just kind of a, a, a beat up family run Chinese restaurant. They sort of launched it into the stratosphere with all this attention and nature has kind of taken it back to just like a Chinese restaurant owned by Chinese people, run by Chinese people. I think there's they're still doing those classics of Danny's era still to this day. It's crazy. It's like a microcosm for how Chinese food has worked in this country. I'm more concerned with the volume at which Anthony Mint spoke back then. <laughs> uh, Dave, Dave, uh, Dave and I have identified. Brandon, you're, you're, you're a good friend of Anthony Mint, too. Yes. What percentage of the words he whispers do you actually hear him say? Man, it's so good to Nothing. Zero percent. Yeah, <laughs> zero, zero. <laughs> You've never heard him speak. He's a quiet guy. But he's like, he's an amazing person. Amazing. But you would never know. Because you can't hear anything he says. <laughs> no idea what he's saying. He's a wonderful person. Wonderful. No idea what he's, what he's ever saying. San Fran... I give it a lot of grief because I love it very much. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> you just give it a lot of grief because you, you give it a lot of grief. It's really giving me a lot of grief. <laughs> but my last meal in San Francisco was at your restaurant. Oh, uh, yeah, was I remember. Tremendous. It was really, really delicious. That was like my first. That was during COVID. Yeah. That was my first restaurant meal. Really? Yeah. I remember the last thing I served you. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a, like a DJ Steve from this like guy who like had made this 
kind of crazy concoction. With wormwood. With wormwood and all this stuff, right? And I remember he said, this tastes like a grandma's couch. <laughs> <laughs> it was. And your first meal back was a Chinese meal. Sichuan food with you and Chris Chen. But my first meal at a real restaurant was yours. And I remember going up to the bar upstairs. Yeah. And you, some, <laughs> some, <laughs> I can envision the person that made this kind of drink, this concoction. <laughs> yeah. This, you know. It literally tasted not just of a, a, a couch. It was like something that was in storage for 65 years. <laughs> and it just tasted like my grandmother, like every kind of grandma and the smells and everything. And I just was like, people want to drink this. <laughs> this is it, so bad. It feels medicinal. It, like a little bit. It was supposed to be medicinal. A little but punishing. It was not nice. <laughs> So you have you seen? So I mean, like Mr. Jews was, you know, is is famously like, you know, you're a third, fourth generation uh, Chinese American. You're opening a new ambitious restaurant in Chinatown. Not something that hasn't been happening in Chinatown at all. Yeah. Over the course of Mr. Jews being open, have you seen it? Have you seen other changes in the neighborhood? Are other people doing anything, or is are you still kind of like a lone wolf in Chinatown? No, I mean, there's there, actually there was an article I just read this morning in, in the Chronicle about some new wave Chinatown businesses. Do they have to come pay tribute to you? <laughs> they got to pay me. That's, <laughs> yeah, like old school, like the tongs. Exactly. Yeah, the shakedown. Um, no, uh, but it was the articles, I think it was a little kind of, I don't know. I, I didn't really like some of what they were saying is about like how restaurants can save neighborhoods and stuff. Because like, I don't think... Chinatown really needs a restaurant to try to save it. And restaurants really can't do that, really. Um, you know, the, the neighborhood uh, over the course of COVID, I think, has solidified its communi community um, again in, in a way of like coming together, trying to support each other, um, trying to like really talk to the city about the, the needs of, of, of the neighborhood. Um, it's a poor neighborhood, you know. Um, and it's really old too. So like the infrastructure is like um, really old. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, there is a hope that there's going to be another wave because there's just been more vacancies. Mm. So uh, especially ground floor, all of the uh, souvenir shops, they're all, they're all gone pretty much. You know, there's a couple, couple of them left, but. Can you talk about, the building you're in with with your restaurant the yeah. story yeah um you know the, the building has been there since like the 1890s and the first restaurant was called hank farlow um which i guess means almond blossom um it's my chinese name <laughs> yeah um and the, like the historic society has some amazing pictures of this restaurant it's like um of of its of its time it was yeah, it was like a very um ahead of its time restaurant as far as what it was serving how it was serving food like um in the in the scenery um really beautiful furniture really beautiful kind of just how it was adorned and um and that restaurant was there for like a hundred years um i think it started off as being barracks upstairs and um so it has a crazy history and then uh the restaurant after that was Four C's, 
they had a 50 year run. There was like a huge banquet room upstairs known for weddings, known for celebrations. Um, and, uh, but they, yeah, they, I mean, when we took it over, they were, they were done. They were just, they were, they were tired and, um, and, but, but once I learned about the history of the building, it, it gave me a lot of, it gave me a lot of inspiration to just understand what had been there before me. Um, and like just the mentality of, I think, Chinese chefs back in those generations, like they, you know, I remember you wanting to open up a restaurant trying to figure out what you were going to do. I think we had a couple conversations about that. We did, yeah. At Tosca with Danny. I remember that dinner, yeah. And I was trying to convince you not to do it. You <laughs> did, yeah. You were like, don't do that. Um, <laughs> you're like, open a Chinese-American spot and just like, go for that. Make it make it simple. Make it, make it simple, make it successful. Um, and it wasn't because I was trying to dissuade you from doing your dream, but it was more like, what you were telling me, I was like, wow, this is going to be really hard to pull off. But that was still before you signed the lease. It was. And you found the space. And then I remember talking to you, I don't remember months after, but there was this uh, sense of purpose, almost a mission in you. And that's when I saw that you had the crazy eyes. Mm. I was like, oh, now. <laughs> he's got that look. Now he's got the look, right? The last dragon. He's got, the, he's, he's got it. I was like, this dude's crazy. <laughs> this guy's just crazy enough to do it. That's when you bet on somebody. You're like, oh, he's telling me all this stuff, and I don't know anything he's talking about. <laughs> but he's feeling it. He's feeling it because you were literally talking about the building and Chinatown and the mission and why you had to do it. Mm. It wasn't because you were now trying to make cool food. Yeah. I think before it was like, I got to do cool things. It was now something that was like, I have to do it. It wasn't a need. Like I have to do this because of everything. And that's when I was like, Oh, you know, that's what I literally remember thinking. I was like, did crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm talking to a crazy. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm talking to a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, and I loved it. Cause he just kept on talking about the building. And to me, I, I remember thinking very vividly as like, you need to have some kind of anchor yeah. to something that's greater than what are you doing? Like the purpose, the, the, the mission of what you're doing, it couldn't just be making delicious food. Yes, it is. But there's always a, a bigger motive yeah. to, to the restaurants that I care about. Yeah. I mean, people ask if I'm going to do another Mr. Juice somewhere else. It just, it can't happen because all of leading up to going to Mr. Juice is going into Chinatown going on to Waverly Place, the alley like behind Grant Avenue and 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 doing that whole th experience before walking in the doors. And I think that to me, I've just kind of understood is like, this is a special building. It, it like, it, it, this concept can't be anywhere else. It really can't. You know what just dawned on me? <laughs> we're sitting here, for those that are listening, we're, we're, we're behind an amazing Tacoma truck. We're sitting on AstroTurf or what looks like AstroTurf. <laughs> and we have all this media room. So if you ever watch the Super Bowl coverage and you have some anchor or newscaster and there's all of this stuff behind them, that's where we're at. Yeah. And there have been a lot of football players, so many football players. We just saw Josh Allen. We, I, Literally, Joe Montana bumped into me. <laughs> and I was like, dude. <laughs> but people are walking. So everyone's looking at 
people to think like, are there, are they, did they play football? You know, you have these conversations. Oh my God, look at the, I think everyone that's walking past here is looking at Brandon who's wearing a Ronnie Lott jersey. <laughs> that's not him. Was that guy? No, no, no. I was like, was that guy, did that guy play football? <laughs> that's what i'm thinking it is it's like, true I, I will say it is it is a uh was he the first asian american and i'm saying it is a bold move uh, at the super bowl surrounded by real football players and rocket jersey <laughs> it, is, it is a bold move just yeah. like i might be a real player. <laughs> there's no niners here that's because the, they di didn't the niners did have uh that asian player that was on the team for a little bit right who there was? A, I there think was. there was a lineman that was. No, no, no. The lineman was Eugene Chung, nineteen ninety two. Yes, wow. Thirteenth draft pick out of Virginia Tech. Oh my god! Right, six foot five, yeah. three hundred pounds, but his hands are small. That's <laughs> short arms. Hands are small. Short arms. That's ultimately what like did him in. Wound up going for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I remember this stuff because that was the Damn. first time an NFL Korean person was ever drafted. Yeah. And I remember all of these things. Like, I remember watching the draft. I loved the draft when I, back then, Scott Fuchita, third round pick out of like Nebraska, Ohio State, whatever it was. I was like, damn. Fuchita. Fuchita. Fuchita sucks. And you couldn't make this <laughs> stuff up. He was adopted by Japanese guys. Mm. I have Japanese parents. I was like, oh. But I remember San Francisco had a Japanese player, I believe. Hmm. You know, can you double check that? Are you talking about Andy Lee, the punter, who's just a white guy? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's no, but like, but that's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe people are walking past thinking that that's oh, that's you. you. Yeah, like this is what he's. I up think to he was now. a running back, a Japanese Boom. running back for the Niners. Wally Yonamine. Wow, are you Wally Yonamine? <laughs> are we sitting? Here? Well, from now on, you are. Yeah. I'm down. Welcome. I'm down. Welcome. Are you surprised that I remember all this? I remember every that Asian. Is... <laughs> he remembers every Asian. I love Just that. You know, anyone that's played professional sports, yeah, I, I got it. And that's what I was thinking. I was that's like, impressive. maybe they think that you are that running back. <laughs> like, whoa, he really gained some weight. <laughs> oh, that's what Wally Yonamine is up to right now. He's just opening a restaurant? But he was young. Oh. <laughs> Wait, he died age eight? another one. Five? Dang. That's dark. I believe there was another one. This is not the one that Dave does not remember this from no. 1942. Well, <laughs> listen, folks, if you're listening, I'm correct. But, um, okay, take a break. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled over easy or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. 
Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome back to the Dave Chang Show. I'm here with Toyota and the NFL at Super Bowl 58 recording from inside. We are literally inside. If you haven't, if you're not watching us on your, your phone or YouTube or whatever, we are literally inside the all new 2024 Tacoma with Chef Brandon Jew, who we found out was a practice squad player for the 49ers. <laughs> he was a walk on. Almost. Yeah. Well, had short arms. Yeah. <laughs> but you can tell your kid that you not only were a world class chef, but you almost made it to the NFL. <laughs> you were a hypothetical NFL player one time. Um, it's roomy in here. I feel cozy. One of the things that I was excited about Super Bowl weekend, besides the Super Bowl, besides, you know, all the festivities, was that Toyota gave us the opportunity to celebrate the Lunar New Year, giving us the chance to really have a competition yeah. mm-hmm. about a Lunar New Year tailgating challenge. And we chose fried chicken as the, as the contest food because it's the Super Bowl. It's a nice alignment with what's happening in the Super Bowl, but... Um, with Lunar New Year and, and, and Asian food, the only food that would possibly work was fried chicken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why we chose it. We could have done seven layer dip. <laughs> we could have. <laughs> we could have. We could have done a bowl of chili. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but none of those really parts. work. So if you're asking why chicken, well, because it, it it's a nice Venn diagram overlap of Super Bowl Fifty Eight, where the Kansas City Chiefs are going to destroy the evil. No. <laughs> 49ers. No. No, 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 no. And Lunar New Year. And uh, you were going to go up against Chef Nico de Leon, somebody you've known a long time, and the team at La Cita in Los Angeles, rivaling Chinatown. Rival Chinatowns, yeah. LA versus San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Two cities entering. Gangs, gangs. So. <laughs> what, what, what kind of fried chicken are you going to represent? Well, I brought a recipe from Four Seas. We had talked a little bit about like that old restaurant before us, and my my grandpa had found a clipping of a, a, a SF Chronicle um, newspaper article. And when I told him like, I had the lease for Four Seas, he pulled it out. Um, and this recipe is their namesake, like recipe. And so Four Seas fried chicken is like basically a technique more than really a recipe. Um, and the technique is like, I think that the surprising thing about it is, is that it, it has no batter. There's no starch. There's no like um, really anything added uh, uh, as far as like extra crispy things for, for the chicken. So it's just about um, really like the blanching. It, it's, it's very similar to, to, um, to like peking duck in a sense of like you're opening up the pores of the of the chicken skin and then you're adding things exfoliating if you will exfoliating yeah <laughs> it's, it's going it's going to the spa you know like opening all the pores then you're adding all these things um maltose red vinegar lemon juice um and then after after it gets that based it just dries for two days seems like a lot of work <laughs> I I, this is a a, a, a me at this age, <laughs> never make the menu. <laughs> yeah. It's like the most Chinese thing in the world, though. I feel like it's just like but Chinese food is all about work. Tremendous, tremendous amount of work. So much work, right? Is it delicious? That's all that matters. I think it is. You I think, think it is. Win? 
I I'm I'm hopeful. You just think like you're I'm going to impress one of the greatest right tackles of the league, Jordan Mailata. You think you're going to? I think him? by the six chicken he has, I think I'm going to win him over. <laughs> it's going to take him six chickens to get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say it to your face. I got my money on Nico. Must <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Like it's Stephen just his jer- it's this jersey. It's this so, jersey. Chinese cuisine. Yeah. I, I know this chicken you're talking you're, about. You're betting against Chinese cuisine? No. I mean, David. And, yeah. and f- the, the history short, of Four I've Seas short restaurant? I've been shorting China for a long time. But if there's an opportunity to do it, it might be fried Dude. chicken. Let's Literally, I've been shorting the RMB for a long time. <laughs> But like fried chicken is not necessarily. It's not something you think about as right. a Chinese thing. First, yeah, it's probably it's probably not. Even though we serve more fried chicken than anybody else in the form of orange chicken and general. Sales. Right, I know that's true. That's so good, man. So good. I've now come full circle on orange chicken and general sauce chicken and sesame chicken. It might it's be the best. Bomb. Was there a period where you didn't like it? Yeah, because I was trying to be cool. Oh yeah. You know, no more cool Dave. It's, it's loser dad Dave that doesn't know anything. <laughs> Sweet sticky chicken is the best chicken yeah. for sure. There's no better. Yeah. Sweet and sticky, and there's no difference between General So's orange and SB chicken. I'm no matter. It's all the same. It's, yeah, it's all delicious. Yeah. I feel like is it too late for me to enter the competition for lunar? Well, what are you bringing? <laughs> what would you bring? I would make the same chicken you're making, <laughs> <laughs> but takes two hours to make. <laughs> <laughs> no pores will be opened. No pores. <laughs> no air drying. Just put it under the. Under- well, and the the other thing that we did was we seasoned it with this with this seasoning that we, we kind of came up with MSG. Obviously, you guys have strong opinions about MSG. Yeah, it gives me headaches. I get nauseous. <laughs> God, I just eat it. I'm hungry one hour later. Yeah, I, I, it's not good for you, and it causes some terrible illnesses. So no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's only in Chinese food. Yeah, it's only, only in Ch- Chinese yeah. food. The only people. Who use it are those Chinese people. It's crazy, right? But your MSG is not that MSG. It's not. It's organic. It's, it's, <laughs> hippie MSG. it's seasonal. It's hippie MSG. Right? Um, well, it is it is kind of... I mean, I started to look at like it's probably the same things you guys understand about MSG, which is that it was discovered by this Japanese scientist who understood like that, you know, monosodium sodium glutamate is like, is, is, is coming from really seaweed was, was the first... Dashi. Dashi. Um, And so when you look at modern day MSG, what is actually comprised of what what would you get, you know, out of a jar? Beets. Beets. Yeah. Beets? Most most MSG comes from beets, which is why I legitimately Hmm. think you can make it organic. Hmm. Like an organic MSG. Nothing would make me happier. I I thought it, because what I read was like, it was cassava, uh, like cornstarch and like sugarcane. We may have to fact check me on beats. <laughs> oh, that hurt my shoulder so much. Oh. Um, listen, uh, we we got to get you out of here because you got to get prepping for your, your fried chicken battle. True. Because again, I have a lot of money placed on. <laughs> um, but before we get you out of here, I want to get one little debate club. It is Lunar New Year. There's no FMK here. Let's just pick one can only choose one dumplings or noodles right dumplings representing wealth wealth prosperity noodles representing just a long life with no wealth long life 
<laughs> a that's long, why, yeah. poor life. <laughs> that's yeah. No that's an easy answer. Just... Dumplings for sure. Dumplings I mean, you give sure. a crappy long life that sucks. I know. You know who chose noodles? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Just come a on, long, you know. Poor life. Yeah. <laughs> it's dumplings all the way. Dumplings, all the way. dumplings are just noodles with meat inside of it. And can we all agree that Shenzhen Bao is the only dumpling that matters? Mm. Mm. I think so. I, I have, love a Shenzhen Bao more than anybody, but do you have, is that your favorite, Brandon? Tell me a, dump, tell me a dumpling that's as versatile as Shenzhen Bao. Versus, is that juicy. The, for, we're just all in one. You can yeah, only choose on, one. Only one. If we're all about that rich, rich boy life, <laughs> if we're gonna eat fast, die yeah. young. Right? Ooh, that's true. That, we're gonna I live mean, like a supernova. <laughs> <laughs> just burn out quick. Right. My my number one is is Haga. Your um, number one. Number one. Number Brandon. one. Dude, number one. That's just embarrassing. Haga. No, 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 no. Yeah. Your number one dumpling of all dumplings is texturally, and also I think when you have a good one, it's I think it's like earth shattering because you have so many of them in 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 comparison. When you have a really great one, Shenzhen Bao, people don't have a lot of context to, and when they have it for the first time, it's it's great. It's like it's a new thing, so you get that new. You get that new car. Oh, is that is that right? It's okay, okay. I'll, I'll let them know. Toyota just rescinded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, Brandon. You're gonna. Have to I'm get getting out. out. I'm kicked out. Yeah, they, 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 really, really they said no, not Oh, <laughs> Shrimp is not part of the deal. Hagao's <laughs> not even my favorite dim sum. Like you like you have to think more than shumai. No, you don't like Hagao more than shumai. So how can Hagao? No, ha- no, I do like Hagao more than shumai. You know what's the most overrated? I, I again, I've talked about this in podcasts over and over, like a broken mm. not a surprise. I'm over soup dumplings. I'm too. It's yeah. so fragile. It's got like you know, literally, it's just got. It's like a it's, it's crappy it's broth. Like an angry well, Karen. It's kind of crappy. I, well, broth. I'll just say this. Yeah, I will say it this. It's, it's so so it's, so special. I'm not over the soup dumpling, but it's it's been years since I've had a. a you good gotta one. go to Shanghai you for a real. Since one. I've had a good one. You can you have you can't do anything with it. It's been years since you I have found to eat it there. You, you can't get takeaway. Yeah, I mean, I mean when you see those when you see it in the cups, that's the worst. That's the worst thing to see when you get a shallow bow and they're in the little. It should be metal cups to serve. It should be to go. It should be illegal. I agree. Uh, I, I, <laughs> you know me. Once I get my country, that's not going to be allowed. Once I get my. Country. <laughs> Once that deal is only one dumpling, (laughs) (laughs) no haga for you. I love a shengjun bao, but I can only eat like three of those. That's all you need. I can eat like six, seven haga quality, not quantity, my friend. (laughs) Okay, it's it's more that it's not even the quality to me, it's like the richness of that quality. (laughs) You know what I do think is cool about the haga? Do you know what I do think is cool that like you don't see elsewhere is like when they make haga. They that like shrimp? massage the shrimp yeah. or like run it underwater to like beat it up mm-hmm. so it becomes that crunchy texture. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Can you? All right. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining <laughs> us. The special edition of the Dave Chang Show from inside, literally inside the 2024 Toyota Tacoma. Thanks to, I guess we have to say thanks to Chef Brandon Jew. Hot takes. Hot Number one. For Mr. Shrimp. Hargao. Jeez. <laughs> you can visit his restaurant, Mr. Jew's, in San Francisco's historic Chinatown. 
and follow him on Instagram at Brando J. Jesus Lord. Oh my God. B R A N D O J. That's me. Do you not see the <laughs> resemblance to his name? <laughs> Brando J. They didn't. Brandon Brandon J was already taken, so I got <laughs> Brando. I got Brando. did choose a weird way to go, to get around Brandon J being taken. Well, this was when Instagram first started. Like I didn't. But does anybody call you Brando? Yeah, people call him Brando. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Make sure to catch Dinner Time Live with Chris Ying on Netflix tomorrow at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern. Give us five stars and eat some shenzhen. Five. Five hog <laughs> <laughs>